Welcome back to the Everybody Soccer Podcast. This is the second episode we're releasing this weekend. Here we have Eric Klonofsky, who was a highly touted goalkeeper going into the 2017 MLS season. Uh, before even being drafted by DC United, he traveled with Everton, and of course, being linked to any EPL club, you're going to hit every headline as possible. Uh, unfortunately, Eric has only one professional start to his name due to setbacks with injuries. So Eric recounts that process and how he's handled the recovery and fills us in on his timeline moving forward. We recorded this episode about a month ago, so I'm glad to announce he signed with the Richmond Kickers uh, on June 1st. Uh, it's a really wonderful achievement given all the setbacks Eric has gone through. Uh, so even though we didn't know that at the time, <laughs> there's still a lot of great content in there as he's talking about his recovery process. Uh, the last thing before we get started here, at one point in there, Eric bust my balls over not rating Matt Turner very highly when he's coming out of college. I had a, I, I do this every year, but I had a top 10 goalkeeper list from the senior class and Turner didn't even make the cut on that. And I just want to say officially that Eric and everyone else in Matt's corner were absolutely correct and I was not. Uh, <laughs> Turner's done a really great job in New England. Uh, is a really great example of how you can prove people wrong. Uh, I'm not sure if it's just the American spirit or specifically something he had inside him, but whatever the case, absolutely wrong in that. He's done a really wonderful job with the revolution, and I'm uh, really looking forward to what he has going forward. Uh, so Eric is, <laughs> is right on that. Uh, but anyways, all out of the way, here's Eric Klonofsky. Okay, okay, yeah. I, whenever I graduated, I had maybe... I, maybe like 12 or a little bit more than that. And I was just thinking like, man, this is not that big of a deal. Like, <laughs> y'all don't need to come out for yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's honestly just like a, a photo op. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it sucks because like my eyes are so red right now because of all the pollen. I'm just like, my, I don't know if you can hear it. My allergies are killing me right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, so the pictures aren't going to look great. <laughs> <laughs> all right, right. Well, tell me a little bit about uh, training. Are you what? What are you doing right now? Are you back to like full range of motion, or how much can you can't do? Are, are we Are we currently on podcast right now? We'll kind of fade into it, yeah. But if you wanted to start it now, that's fine. <laughs> oh no, I'm just, I'm just checking. I don't know. I want to give you official correct answers. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, we're st- we're starting now. Yeah. So, <laughs> what? Okay, uh, so, yeah. 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 So training wise, right now I'm like fully cleared to to train and like be on the field doing everything. It's just a matter of will my body allow me to do it. So it's like, yeah, I can kick and I can side volley, but I need to build up to the level of strength that I was at before the injury. So it's like, I'll go kick, and right now I'm probably kicking the ball like 40, 50 yards. When I'm healthy, I'll probably kick it like. 60, 70, 80 yards, you know what I mean? So, it's, it's like, I'm healthy and I'm training. So, I'm training. Last week, I went four times a week. Two times was with my goalkeeper coach from Monmouth, Alex Blackburn. And then, one was just kind of like a shooting thing I did with one of my buddies. And then, one was just me at the field, like, moving around, like, kicking balls, getting all that stuff going. Um, and then, I'm with a strength coach, um, two times a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So, like, Tuesdays and Thursdays are pretty rough days for me and pretty sore uh, days. So, yeah, no, I'm completely I'm, – I'm cleared to do all that movement. So I'm not, like, 100% cleared to go in training right now with, like, a team, but that will probably take place, like, um, last week of May, most likely, hopefully, hopefully. Gotcha. I have a doctor's appointment with my – doctor from dc 
on May 22nd to kind of decide whether the surgery works and whether I'm good to go or not. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, is impact to ground, is that an issue at all, or is that is it more just kind of soreness with the... With Are you impact as in me diving and hitting the floor with my body, or right. like jumping and sprinting and stuff? Uh, diving, like hitting the ground with your body, yeah. No, diving and hitting the ground is fine. When I first hmm. hit the ground, like the first time, like, I don't want to say like a month ago, it was like, ow, is that what I've been doing? Like, <laughs> the ground hurts. But, yeah. but now I'm like, no, it feels, it feels completely normal again. Okay. In terms of diving and hitting the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, well, here, back up a little bit and catch everyone up on uh, injury status. Because there was a couple of things that you had carried over from college. And then when you got into Richmond, things, I mean, you kind of pile up some stuff. So catch people up on injuries and then surgery and kind of where you are now. So you want to talk about what happened in college and then moving forward? Well, because there was there was a couple of things, right? It was your, your you had your thumb and then your knee and was... I'm trying to remember what yeah, all it was. So I, I, sh- I shattered my thumb. I had a bended fracture um, the first week of my senior year against Denver, and um, we just had a really tough time after I after I was out. So that was like the first time I missed a game in three years. Yeah. Um, so after like a month of us having a really tough non-conference schedule and just having a rough go, I was like, I'm just over it. So I put a cast. We cut my glove open and we put the glove over my calf. I literally was playing with like a fist on my right hand, like <laughs> my left hand, which is my opposite hand, and like a fist. So uh, I remember when I, at the end of the season, like November ish, um, the doctor cut off the calf and was like, "Huh, there's a lot of blood up in here. You might have gone on too hard." And I was just like, "Are we joking?" Because <laughs> he, he, he was like, "Yeah, you can play." And he was like, "Yeah, we have football players that play with this all the time." And I'm like. I mean, it's a little bit different what I'm doing, but I, yeah, I mean, if you say I'm good to go, I'm going on the field. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was just playing with my little club hand. Um, so, no, my thumb, it, it, it's good. Uh, I tape it up and it's the job, so I'm, I'm fine in terms of thumb issues. In April of last year, I had a very small meniscus tear that we cut out. It was like 10-ish percent. Um, while I was in Richmond, um, and there was no mechanism. I was I was playing, and then all of a sudden, because I'd never had a knee injury before, and I, I was playing, and I started feeling swelling. There was no mechanism where I was like, "Oh my god, that really hurts!" Like I'm in pain. It was just like I feel some swelling right now. And then I woke up the next morning, and it was like, "Wow, my knee is really fat right now." So it was like I can't bend this thing. What am I doing? Yeah. Um, so we cut out like 10% of my meniscus and then um, I was good. I was good like give it I don't know what like two or three months and then I was I was fine. So I trained from like July I was I was good to go from like late June early July and then at some point in September a similar thing happened it was like I feel swelling right now it was a pretty heavy plyometric kind of day a lot of jumping and I just started feeling swelling and it was it was like a little swelling, not nearly as much as I had the time previously, but I had no pain where I was like, I feel like I can do everything I need to do. So I just kind of played through it. I was, I was, that's kind of what it is professionally, at least. You can play, you play. Right. So, um, yeah, like early September, I started feeling swelling, and then from then on out, it just kind of went up and down and up and down, and my knee would go up, 
and get all swollen, and then it would come back down if we had like a day or so off. And at the end, by the end of October, when the season ended, I was like now experiencing some some pain that was like indicative of a meniscus tear. I was like trouble walking upstairs after practice. It was just like really painful. I was still playing playing for a decent, but it was just like very very uncomfortable. So we got an MRI, and he's like. Okay, you have a pretty significant meniscus tear. We cannot, we can't cut this out without some serious repercussions down the line. So it was like, all right, uh, we either cut it out, and then with very little meniscus left, within three to five years playing professional soccer, I'll need to get a knee replacement, and then that'll pretty much end it, and I'll we'll call it a day there. Yeah. Or we could try and repair it. We could try and put anchors in and sew my, most of my meniscus back together and hope because it's a 60% success rate. So our head ACC at DC was like, yeah, I wouldn't even bother. Like, Because um, Bill Hamid had had one, I think, a year or two earlier and it didn't work. So I guess he's not a fan of getting it repaired. So I, I saw the DC doctor. He was like, this is my opinion. Actually, while I was in the doctor's office in that meeting, the wizard's doctor walked in and was just like, yeah, I agree. And then a the couple of days later, I went and saw the resident's doctor, and he was like, honestly, it's a situation where you need to have this surgery yesterday, and you need to pick the doctor you're most comfortable with and let them go inside your knee and figure it out and make that decision when they're inside your knee because there's no way for us to tell without being inside your knee because it's a tear, right? It could be a jagged tear that's like unrepairable or it could be like a clean break where we can just sew it back up together and it will be okay. You know, it's like ripping a piece of paper or cutting a piece of paper. You know, it could be mm. a clean line or it could be a jagged, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's not black and white as much as you would want it to be black and white like a broken bone. You just throw a cast on it and then we wait six weeks and you're okay. Right. Um, so I, I went with my DC doctor. I trust him. He's a knee. He's a knee specialist. So he went inside. Woke up. He's like, "We were able to repair it. So you're looking good. Great." <laughs> uh, he's like, "I'm confident with the repair." And then it's kind of just like a really long process. He was like, "You have very elongated limbs and everything, so it's going to take a little bit more time to let it heal." And he was like, it's probably going to be like closer to six months. So it was November 21st, May 22nd will be six months in a day. So yeah. feeling good right now. Hopefully it continues to move forward. Well, I wonder from looking a year ago, I mean, you finished your senior year. You went over to Everton, yeah. trained with them. You went to the Combine and then you went with DC and then Richmond um, when looking back on that, do you feel like that was too much of the time? Or would you rather do things differently, or uh, was that kind of a not well, really uh, an issue? What, what do you think? What? Uh, well, it's just you know, you I mean, you had done so much. Time. You didn't. You didn't. It didn't feel like you got like a, a real break there because once you finished one thing, you were kind of onto the other. So, I'm, did you feel yeah, like? Yeah, no. And for me, like if I was telling this to the seniors this year at Monmouth, I was like. I'm the guy that's like always working, never stopping every day. It's like, I need to get better. or Somebody else is getting better while I'm resting. So if it was me and I had to do it again, I would 
hundred percent probably take like a month off. Mm. I mean, if you think about it, if you're going from spring season, junior year, straight into PDL, straight to preseason, straight into fall season, and then maybe like a week or two break at the most in any of those gaps. I remember like the day I finished school junior year, I was driving down to, or sophomore year, I was driving down to Ocean City. The day I finished school junior year, I was going to practice at Red Bull. So it's like, yeah. it was like, there's no real break. And like, MLS rookies, U.S. soccer rookies coming out of college are literally playing like 15, 16 months straight of soccer with no break, especially if you go to every combine. So if it was me, I would not go to a single combine. If I had to do it again in my position, I wouldn't say every college soccer senior should do that. But for me, I should have just gone to none of the combines. I should not have gone to Vegas. That didn't make sense. I should have just gone to Everton. Like, taking that month off or taking the three weeks off in, like, early December, from, like, late November, early December, then gone to Everton, and then gone from there. But I think my body really, like, paid the price. And if you think about it, I can't tell you how many rookies that I talked to, whether they were at the Combine, or guys that I, I met through the whole process that picked up some kind of severe injury throughout the year. Mm. And I, I, I don't know if that's indicative of playing 15, 16 months straight of soccer, but it was just, it, it's definitely something to be thought about. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you've talked a lot about, you know, working and how much you, you've worked. And I think that 15, and, and, which is kind of funny with college of people talk about like, oh, they're not getting enough games. And I think a lot of people don't yeah. realize that like, well, if a, if a player is really trying to get as many games as they can, that fall is stacked. They're going to get a few in the spring, but that summer they're still playing as well. So you can easily get... Yeah, I think it's just the conversation of the the type of game, the level of football you're playing at. Like, yeah. I mean, Red Bull under 23 is great level. Upper Echelon College Soccer is great level. Like, But sometimes, I mean, Mama Soccer is a very good program. I enjoy my time there a lot. Nothing but respect. But there would be times where we would have like 12 to 15 guys in spring. Because whether it was injuries, graduation, mm. um, guys transferring, you know what I mean? It's just like, I mean, what can we really do? So it's like, and, and then from the time your fall season ends, if you're an underclassman and you're not going pro or you're not a generation you beat a guy, so you're like taking off season completely off, so December, January. And then you can't really start until like late February, right? Early March. So there is a significant amount of time. And then when you start, I mean, it depends on the college. But like for us, it was like we play Seton Hall, Rutgers, maybe Georgian Court, a D2 school. Nothing against any D2 schools. But it's like, it's just spring season is definitely could be improved, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, yeah, I understand that. Um. Well, it and we. I, I think that's we kind of went a different direction there. Where I was going, but with like the the college part of it, or as far as like what you were doing, um, it was so much of you. You're gonna get a lot out of it. Basically, what you put into it. Um, and, and part of that is situational. I mean, you can get in kind of a bad situation. So, but like a lot of stuff you've talked about. I mean, you you were really keen on getting the most out, and I think kind of jumping around with PDL clubs of trying to find the best fit for the time and 
um, is a good example of that. But now you're in a position where you're trying to rehab and it's almost like you got to be careful. You don't want to do too much too fast. So how has your mindset changed with you've worked so hard, but then as you're going through rehab, it's like, you've got to have a different mindset. How did that work for you? Yeah, I mean, you have to approach it as if it's your job, because it is your job. You know what I mean? You have to complete The thing for me is understanding that resting and recovering is just as important as the time you allot to put in the real work. You know what I mean? And in college, that was just not even in my thought process. It was just like, go, 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 go. You need to get better every day or somebody else's. But I would not... See, it's like when you're playing a 10-month season and it's like every day is a thousand miles per hour, it's like you need to, there's time where you just need to decompress, you know what I mean? So going into rehab, it's like, there's a decision. Whenever anything happens, negative, positive, it's just a reaction. And in life, in soccer, it's a reaction. You can make a decision to handle it professionally and and improve and, and grit stronger from the obstacle, or you can let it kill you. And you can and you can crumble from whatever pressure, whatever obstacles in your way. So for me, it's just another bump in the road. You know what I mean? And that's that's how how I look at it. And I think that's how anybody should look at it, whether it's an injury or anything else in life. It's just a bump in the road. You still got however many years left, and you just need to you need to put your head down, work, be professional about it, do what you need to do, and just trust the process. It's like a cliche trust the process but in all <laughs> seriousness like it's just an, it's just another obstacle that you just need to step over yeah. so that's how I approach rehab every day it's just I need to do this and there's light at the end of the tunnel yeah. you know and, and but it's much easier said than done <laughs> there's days when I was fresh off the surgery and I could not fall asleep and my entire leg is throbbing it's really hard to just block that out you know so it's not to say that it's like an easy thing to do, but <laughs> at the end of the day, it's just another obstacle. Yeah, yeah. Has, has it been uh, tough at all coming out, when you came out of your senior year, especially when you went to Everton, and really, anytime a young goalkeeper goes and trains overseas, and especially with an EPL club, they're going to get a ton of press, and if there was one goalkeeper coming out of y'all's class that there was a name to know it was yours. I mean, everyone was talking Eric Klonowski, but now, after you've been out for so long, do you feel feel kind of odd as far as going from having so much press and hype behind you to now, where it's they've you know the hype's moved on to the next class? Have you struggled at all with that kind of coming in and out of that, or has that been off your radar completely? You know, there's 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 something enjoyable about having that little buzz around your knee, but there's also a, I mean, you come from mamas where it's like. You have this tight knit little community, and everybody in the community is is very like co mingles and everything. But it's like on a grand scheme of things, in terms of like college soccer, it's like we're kind of like at least for the most of the time, like we weren't in a final four or anything. You know what I mean? So it's like we're, you don't really understand what it's like until you. The newspapers come out or whatever that Eric Lofty is Everton, and I get 500 Twitter followers in a day, and I'm just like, what? What just happened? <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, how did that? But it was crazy. There was actually a time while I was at Everton, while I was walking on the street wearing no, like, 
could distinguish me as Eric Kamofsky is like plain clothing. Right. And some, I was walking next to Goodison Park, and one of the, some random fans just walked up to me and was like, good luck on the trial line. And I was just like, this is crazy. How <laughs> <laughs> this guy really knows my face? And this came out two days ago? Yeah. That yeah. guy is buzzing. He's committed to the process. Everything <laughs> needs to find that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but honestly, I, I genuinely enjoy that there's just like not anything. You know what I mean? I, I like that there's no real buzz right now. I, I mean, I, I don't want that to sound like I'm like chilling and uncomfortable, but it's like, I feel like there was just, I was in a fishbowl of just pressure from like mm. everywhere. And it's always easy for people to like cast opinion from the outside, but it's like when, when you go away, right? Like I'm not really in, I don't know how to put it, not really in like the realm of thought right now in terms of like professional soccer. You know what I mean? So it's like I'm I'm here, but I'm like not really. I don't know. It's like kind of a funny way to put it, but it's like I now determine like whatever. There's no pressure. You know what I mean? The only pressure I feel is that it's on myself. It's like this is just on. You know what I mean? It's like the pressure I feel will come from family, friends, past coaches, my club, my former clubs. You know what I mean? But it's not like there's that much buzz going on where it's like oh Kolofsky is such and so he's this he's not that he needs to be more you know what I mean there's none of that going on so it's like I can just step back and really attack my weaknesses and and ultimately hopefully improve from it and and when I step into that next step of my life hopefully be there with a a more peaceful mindset or or a calmer head I feel like when I was at Everton and Maybe not so at Everton, but more when I was at DC, it was more like, this is your, especially being on a semi-guaranteed contract, talk about stress. I, I say this to a lot of young guys that I talk to, a lot of people who like ask about what it's like. It's like, so you, you play in college and you play soccer and it's really fun. And it's, for your whole life, soccer is the stress reliever. You're like getting away from class, you're getting away whatever family stuff's going on, you're getting away from anything that's happening with, like, a significant other, and for that hour and a half, two hours of the day, you don't even think about whether you have a final in two hours, because you're just playing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you get to the professional level, and you're on a semi-guaranteed contract. Now, all of your stress, your, your, is all derived from that hour and a half, like, oh my god, that one ball I dropped, is tomorrow going to be my last day? Am I going to get called in the office? It's like really, really stressful. And it takes a specific kind of temperament to be able to handle that. And I think I would just get caught up. I, I just like stress. I would just go home and stress. And I, I just, I think it's good. It's good to take a step back, take a deep breath, and just assess and, and move forward. You know what I mean? I don't think in... My and like, in my opinion, I don't think DC was a good fit for me. Like, it's a great club, there's a lot of history, there's a lot of great people there, but it just wasn't right for me. So, I, I think it's really, I mean, every in my opinion, everything happens for a reason. So, like I said, it's not cool, we'll just pass it, and 
Well, and I think he really brought up a pretty interesting point of that stress there and trying to find a good middle ground. Because when I when you talk about um, having that stress on you, the first person I thought of was Matt Turner. Just because when I watch him in goal, you can tell he's found, found a pretty good middle spot where he's not comfortable there and he has a real hunger and he, he's fighting. But he also doesn't seem overwhelmed. He, you know, he's got a. There's some goalkeepers you see and you watch them in goal and they're pretty lax and they kind of get off this vibe like, well, if it doesn't work at this club, I'll find another one. But with him, you know, he has this really interesting demeanor, and, and Tim Malia as well. That when, when they when they get in goal, it's they have a thought like, well, this could be my last, so I'm going to play my best. But they don't get they ha- they have a little bit of that concern, but it doesn't turn into this huge fear where it kind of cripples them. Yeah. So for sure. No, I, I I have nothing but respect for Matt. You know, that's like kind of the thing that I was talking about before. Like when I was coming out of Everton, so much expectation, so much Eric is this, Eric is that. Like maybe I remember there were like Andre Blake comparisons. I'm nothing like Andre Blake, <laughs> and I remember like hearing people talk about like, oh yeah, maybe similar kind of like Andre Blake. And I'm like, you, I have no idea what you're talking about. But Matt, for example, is Magic, such a good goalkeeper. Reaction speed like nobody. Like honestly, that kid's reaction speed is is crazy. Um, but like in terms of height, going into Fairfield, not much. With all due respect, like Matt, showing not much height going into Fairfield. Then kind of has a rough time, figures it out later on in the college career, and then goes undrafted. And New England's the only one who gives him a shot. You know what, I like the the underdog position. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. everyone's betting against you. That's fine. You bet against me, I'm going to be over here and go figure it out. And that's what Matt's doing. It's like, there's so many people. I remember talking to you like way back when I was like, this kid is legit. And you were like, yeah, he's all right, I don't know. Which is like, <laughs> that's top right. 10 seniors in the class. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm telling you he's top 10 seniors in the class. <laughs> But you never really know until you're training with somebody. You, you. It's so hard. It's so hard to know whether somebody is really good or not until you're training with them every day, or you see them all the time, and you and you train with them. You don't know. It's hard. It's it's just very very hard. And and if you train with Matt and you're a professional goalkeeper, you can see that. You can tell that Matt has something. And and. I got nothing for, but respect for that kid. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it, it's, it, I think we like to, it, it's easy to wrap someone up in uh, their output of, oh, they've done this, okay, that means this, or they didn't do this, then that means they're not very good. But, you know, Matt's a great yeah. example of, you know, how much there is going on between your two ears dictates how well you're going to play in the field, both then, but also down the line. And, you know, looking outside in or on a computer screen, you're only going to get so much, obviously. But, you know, he's a really great example of um, who, someone who just started firing all, all pistons at one point and really just needed a chance to succeed. And he finally got that. Yeah. And now we're seeing the product of it. So um, I, I'm trying to think of a transition into our last question. I don't have it. But <laughs> I, uh, we, you've talked a little bit about clubs. And, you know, we spent time with D.C., with Richmond, uh, kickers, you, you did a little bit with Red Bulls with the PDL, uh, and as you talk about yeah. trying to find a good club for you, uh, what what does that look like? What what's something on your radar? It's like, oh hey, we've got to have this, or we definitely don't need to be having this. Um, so kind of like a characteristic of a club, not like a certain like 
name or country or anything. Kind of just like, um, right, I right, think yeah. I, I need to play 100%. So whether that means going to a lower division and playing, I, I need to do that. I think if I had an option going back to senior year, back to that question, I would have chosen to go USL first and been a starter straight off the bat and then be looked at as a starter. I don't, I really don't like the idea of bringing in a guy as a three or being the guy that's brought in as a three because I think that's kind of what I was brought in. And, and that's okay. That's, there's a reality of um, third goal, third choice goalkeeper is, is a place, but I, I want no part of that. So yeah. first thing, first off is like, I'm completely okay with going to a lower, lower division which second division, whatever country that may be in, or first division, whatever country that is. But I want to be brought in as like, yes, we see you as competition for our one. You know what I mean? So that's that's really number one for me. I think I had a decent year in terms of training. I mean, think about it last year. I didn't I played one game, I got injured and then I came back, I made a bunch of eighteen never saw the field for the first team, so it was like I just kind of like sat there, you know what I mean? And it's like a completely different mindset when like you're playing every week, and it's a completely different feeling when you're playing every week. And I just think that's one of the big things is wherever I go, I need to play. Wherever that, I need to be in a position where it's possible to play. You know what I mean? Like, I think going in and Trying to beat out Bill. Bill's a great goalie, really good goalkeeper. I just don't know if that was what made sense at the time. I think for me, it would have made more sense, in my opinion, to have gone to USL, killed it, maybe been paid a little bit less, but in the end, you're viewed as a starter, then maybe you're a starter for two years at whatever USL club, and then you're brought into whatever MLS team and you're viewed as a guy that is potentially a competitor, you know? So I think that that's a difference, something I would go back and change if I could. Yeah. But at the same time, so. yeah. it is what it is. Everything happens for a reason. Now there's a reason that happens. Um, we're still trying to figure out what that is, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair um, fair. Um, trying to, I have ideas of what my next club is to be, like what next, what characteristics I want for my next club, but I just don't know how to make them politically correct. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair so, enough. So you guys can go fishing with, with that however you want to go. But <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. We'll leave, yeah, we'll leave it at um, that. There, there needs to be um, a significant difference in clubs, in my opinion, when yeah. wherever I go next. Yeah. What what is your what's your target date as far as getting plugged in with a team? Uh, is that summer, fall, winter? What what are you looking at? In terms in terms of signing or yeah. in terms of like being in training? Uh well, let's do both. Yeah, training with the team and then also signing. So hopefully hopefully May 22nd he's like, "Yeah, you're good to go." And then I'm training getting like game time like in training, you know, like small side or whatever. With the team by last week of May, first week of June, hopefully, yeah. and then give that time to 
to between June and July to find something we're happy with in the United States. And then if not, maybe um, every European season starts in like July. So that would be the time to whether to try and figure it out outside the country potentially. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Yeah, so something August at the latest, I guess, as far as being with the team, um, signing-wise. But, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, well, and I guess... But, I mean, all that all that could change. We could, I mean, who knows what could happen, because if this surgery doesn't work, then I need to get another surgery to cut out the rest of my meniscus, and that's a completely different story. Yeah. You know? And it, that's a realistic possibility. Is another surgery and, and going through rehab again, is that something you're willing to put up with and just another obstacle for yourself, or would that be kind of a deal breaker? Uh, define willing to put up with. <laughs> I, I guess I'm wondering, you know, at, at some point, uh, what, what would be too much for you as far as trying to get back on the field? Well, I mean, the thing is, there's really, if I had to get another surgery, there's really no purpose to me not to continue to play mm. because at that point I'm going to get a knee replacement at some point you know what I mean yeah so it's like I'm, I'm 20 I'd be 23 24 at that time when I'd be coming back and I would have at least two or three years of healthy knee you know so it's like it really wouldn't make sense even if I had to get another surgery it would be not in my best interest do not try to continue to play. Gotcha, yeah. <laughs> now, it, we have to do the surgery, and then four years comes now, and I have, like, really aggressive arthritis in my knee, and I need to get another a knee replacement, then that's a completely different conversation. And yeah, yeah that, that could potentially be yeah. a different step. Right, right, yeah. But that is not even close to my realm of thought. Well, I, I think you've got a really good mindset right now of just taking everything into your own control that you can, you know, I, and I think that's, you know, I, I feel like, and, and we're going to talk to, to Kyle Ein next week who he signed with Reno, but he, he's a great example of a goalkeeper that didn't get drafted when he graduated and he ended up kind of bounced around PDL for a year, but then a year later he, he sticks with it and gets with the USL club, but feels like a lot of players, when something goes wrong, they just say, ah, you know what, that's enough, I'm going to move on. Um, but, you know, it's, it's really... Yeah, I mean, that's, that's possible for a lot of guys. You know yeah. what I mean? For, it's, it's just part of it. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. part of it.